You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Party on, Jamie. Party on, Caitlin. It's Bechdel Cast. Bechdel Cast. Movie time. Oh my God. Feminist. Woo Oh, like I wasn't ready and I am so happy. Well, it's the first time I felt good in like days. Oh, yes. Wow. So for the listeners at home, we are recording this on, the date is March 12th, coronavirus. It already sounds really dystopian when you say the date is. <laughs> The time like, capsule. Yeah. If like, you find this like, at the beginning of inf- or at the beginning of whatever the millionth Avengers movie is, where it's like Robert Downey Jr.'s in space, he's like day three. You know, like, <laughs> it's a gloomy day. Mm-hmm. It's a gloomy yes. day. But that put me in a great mood. Thank, thank you. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. We're talking about <laughs> Wayne's World today. Yes, we are. Yes. Um, so what we're doing on this here podcast, we talk about the representation <laughs> of women in movies. We use the Bechdel test as a jumping off point to initiate a larger conversation. And do you know what that is? Uh, um, Not I, to neck you, no, but I, like, I have no actually, idea. Jamie, tell me. Actually, Caitlin, the Bechdel test <laughs> is a media metric invented by uh, cartoonist Alison Bechdel, sometimes called the Bechdel-Wallace test, mm-hmm. that requires that a piece of media have an interaction between two female-identified characters with names mm-hmm. who talk about something uh, other than a man for more than two lines of dialogue. Wow, you don't say, Jamie. Yeah. I do say. Okay, well, that passed the Bechdel test. Well, it that's true. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Us talking about coronavirus um, passes the, the Bechdel virus test. The virus is genderless. genderless. Um, yeah. 
So yes, uh, today's movie is Wayne's World. We Wayne's have World. a guest with us. She is terrific. She was a segment director on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, she's a filmmaker and the director of the upcoming movie Golden Arm, which is a female-driven comedy that shows women in the competitive world of arm wrestling. Ooh, so much fun. Yeah. It's Maureen Barucha. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm oh. very excited. Thanks oh. for bringing us Wayne's World. Oh my God, it's <laughs> one of my all-time favorite movies. Yes. So tell us your your relationship, your history with this movie. Um, I feel like this movie is a very seminal movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wa- I think I came out when I was in junior high school, mm-hmm. so I think it was a time where you're just like being goofy and weird, and um, it's Peak. definitely one that I've like probably seen the most. And it was interesting to rewatch it. I rewatched it last night just yeah. to be like, okay, in the in the lens of the Bechdel oh, test. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. I was like. We'll fight for it, but it's like, oh, it doesn't. It has some issues, yeah. but it, I think it holds up. I do too. Pretty well. I, I was, do too. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. I thought, you yeah. know, there's definitely elements, and so in some cases, entire characters where you're like, 1992, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. But in, but like, good. I don't know. I there think it addresses stuff. like it things that you're like, oh, it kind of addresses those within the movie. Yeah. At some points, you know. Right. It is very meta. Yes. And, and it taught me a lot yeah. about a lot of things. <laughs> about, like, who are cool girls, who are not. Like, mm. About movies and making television. Lots of references. <laughs> yeah. And Wayne's World 2 has even more. I know. Oh, I haven't seen Wayne's oh. World 2. Oh, there's a Jurassic Park reference. There's a Thelma and Louise reference. Yes. The Graduate. The Graduate. Yeah. It's oh. got it all. <laughs> Jamie, what's your relationship in history? Uh, I don't have much of a history with it. I mean, this movie came out before I was born. Uh, so I and then I didn't I don't know. My, my, my dad was a big fan of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought everything my dad liked was stupid. So <laughs> I later learned that that was not true. Mm. And that this movie, I, I really liked this movie. I like Mike Myers and Dana Carvey individually quite a bit. I sure. mean, yeah. my favorite bad, horrible, horrible movie is The Master of Disguise starring oh, Dana yes. Carvey. <laughs> um, yes. I love, you know, I love Shrek. Here's my review Never of Wayne's World. Shrek. I love Shrek. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I this was my first time watching this movie, oh. and I really enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. I like it's. It makes me laugh every time. It's like I feel it's like it's so, so funny. Oh. It's it's such a great character movie. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everything they do in character. Is I'm just obsessed so funny. with Garth. Yes, I love I, Garth so much. And I have Garth to say, too, it's the original, that's what she said. I feel like, yes! I mean, I I feel like when everyone came out and saying that in the office, I'm like, but it's from Wayne's World! Yeah. <laughs> you know, And I'm sure that whoever wrote that on the office was well aware. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 that was Wayne's World. <laughs> I really liked it. I had so much fun watching it. I think that, like... You know, on issues of gender, it doesn't do uh, perfect. But no. on issues of class, I think it does really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a lot to say about the perfect class issues <laughs> addressed in Wayne's World. Caitlin, wow. what's your history with Wayne's World? I definitely grew up with this movie. I We had, like, the two VHS tapes of Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. Um, I saw Was these- it a set? It, it they, a, you can get it as you a can set. get it as a set and then i bought the set also on dvd later um i yeah these were a huge staple in the durante household i even as recently as two years ago 
so I do this fun thing sometimes where I dress up as my own couple's costume um, because I <laughs> never have a partner. Very cool. <laughs> and so I will combine what would normally be two people wearing two different costumes. It's always iconic. Like a, a Wayne oh. and a Garth. And I will combine them into one that costume amazing. that I wear the whole thing of. So I've done that for Marty McFly and his girlfriend, Jennifer. Um, I you did have to say for... his girlfriend because otherwise she's not a character. It's like, who's Jennifer? <laughs> exactly. They're like, who? Uh, and I also did it for Wayne and Garth. So I have a photo that I will share on the Instagram oh, and, and stuff. But, it's a classic. Uh, it's, they're a classic you. duo. I mean, they're classic like the most like, iconic duo. Yes. And it's like I knew who Wayne and Garth were, even though I'd never seen the movie. Like, it's just like in the DNA of mm-hmm. the culture. Yeah. It's in um, the zeitgeist. The it's zeitgeist, in the zeitgeist, if yeah. you will. will. The daily zeitgeist, the, maybe? Honestly, right my, here. when I was in junior high school, again, this movie was like me and my friend group like loved it and all, it was all girls mm-hmm. and I yes. think it was like before I really knew what like schwing meant uh-huh so we went I to still like, don't really know what it means <laughs> boner okay, oh, okay that makes um, sense. so w- in seventh grade I went to Catholic school and I just remember like me and my friends would we thought it was like something exciting like you did a good job oh. so oh. in class we would stand up if you, you got an a swing like the girls <laughs> I think all the boys knew what it was so uh-huh. they never did it That's yeah awesome. I think they thought it was embarrassing but me and my friends would just be like swing 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 <laughs> like in class, standing up, and it's like now I'm like, what? <laughs> like, just like all the girls in my class were like showing. Like, <laughs> we did not realize that it was meant yeah. you're having a boner. Yeah, <laughs> and and this movie is directed by a woman. Yes, yes. which I feel like yes. we'll, we'll talk about. But it also mm-hmm. I think that like a now lot of fierce. this movie, yeah, who's like an, an icon in in her own right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like the highest grossing uh, SNL sketch originating movie of yes. all time. Mm-hmm. Like it's got a lot of it's got a lot. Going for it, it helped propel uh, Bohemian Rhapsody to the number two song of 1992, which is wild because it came out in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody has done that with their friends. Like, I mean, uh-huh. I feel like that song mm. comes on and you do this scene in this movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember mm-hmm. doing that in middle school with my cousin and not fully understanding why we were doing it, but she had just <laughs> seen Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, let's do the recap and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. We meet Wayne Campbell, that's Mike Myers, and his best friend Garth Algar, that's Dana Carvey. Yep. There are these two, you know, grungy rock and roll dudes who have a local cable access show called Wayne's World. Ever heard of it? <laughs> which they tape out of Wayne's basement in Aurora, Illinois. I, I always like think of Mike Myers as so deeply Canadian that I assumed this took place in Canada. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Illinois, baby. Makes you think. Um, This guy, Benjamin, Rob Lowe's character, is a TV producer who sees the show and he's like, hey, I think I can sell this because he's got, I guess, like a client, Noah Vanderhoff, who owns a chain of arcades and is looking to sponsor a show. Then Wayne and Garth. Uh, and their friends slash crew go to this rock club and this band is playing whose lead singer is Cassandra. And Wayne sees her and he goes, let me see if I can get this right. She's a babe. Swing. Adi, adi, adi. This be so goofy. <laughs> um, and he chats with her for a minute and he's like, I'm in love with this woman. And then she invites him to another gig of hers. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Benjamin and this producer guy, Russell, 
are trying to pitch Wayne's World to Noah Vanderhoff, even though they don't own Wayne's World. So they go to Wayne and Garth, and Ben is like, here, sign these contracts, Mm -hmm. and we'll give you a bunch of money. And, like, Garth thinks it's weird, but, like, this is Wayne's dream. Mm -hmm. So he goes along with it. They sign the contracts. Then Wayne goes to Cassandra's gig. Uh, and they chat afterwards, and it's kind of cute. It's cute. She likes him. He likes her. They are vibing. Mm-hmm. They start dating. Mm-hmm. Then Wayne and Garth start doing rehearsals for the like sponsored network version. This of is like Wayne's it's, World. It's such good satire too mm-hmm. of how because it's like you know that the set that they're in is probably what they were doing at SNL exactly. every week. Exactly. And then they just like pull they're out. Like, this and... is so stupid. I'm like, this is the whole thing. But yeah, it's love great. It. Right, because they're it's the set that looks like Wayne's basement, but that's not Wayne's basement. <laughs> and Wayne and especially Garth feel uneasy about Benjamin because he's like this slimy money boy. Yeah. Um it's the name but of Wayne's my next dreams movie. are coming true. <laughs> Slimy, slimy money, money boy. boy. Is it a boy who gets bitten by radioactive slimy, slimy money? money. <laughs> so the boy who gets bitten by radioactive money. <laughs> That's what money ball is about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. ball that gets bitten by radioactive money. <gasps> um, so then Wayne and Garth go to an Alice Cooper concert in Milwaukee. And there they bump into a security guard played by Chris Farley, who, by the way, plays a different character in Wayne's World 2. Really? I think it's a different character. That's kind of funny. I believe so. Um, Who tells them about Frank Sharp, this record producer who is looking for new acts to sign. Mm -hmm. And Chris Farley lays out his whole travel schedule, and he's like, yeah, he's going to be coming through Chicago on this day. And then the joke, you know, the meta joke is made about how, oh, you know, for security guard, he had an awful lot of information. And we're like, meta humor. Woo, we love to see it. Then Wayne and Garth go back to Chicago for their first taped show. But Wayne humiliates Noah Vanderhoff on air. So Benjamin fires him. Which is very funny and Mm -hmm. punk rock. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sphincter boy, which is a boy bitten by a radioactive sphincter and then wayne is like well i'm taking my show with me and benjamin's like well i own the show so wayne storms out and he leaves garth there all by himself which upsets garth and they get in this big fight cassandra then breaks up with wayne because he thinks that she might be having sex with benjamin right which we will talk about Mm -hmm. And this is what we call the low point of the movie. Wait, what? It's almost like she has two degrees in screenwriting. Well, I would never mention my master's in screenwriting from Boston University. Oh, I think that Alfred Molina would have been a great money boy in this movie, by the oh. way. He, I like when he plays a money boy. Mm-hmm. I like it. Then uh, Wayne decides to win Cassandra back. And he's going to do that by trying to get that Frank Sharp guy to listen to Cassandra play music in the hopes that he will want to sign her. And using the info that Chris Farley gave them, they staged this whole thing where Wayne goes to Chicago to get Cassandra, who's in the middle of shooting a a music video with Benjamin. He brings her back to his house. They do the Wayne's World show from his basement, just like old times. And then like Garth uses his like tech skills to... He's a hacker. He's a hacker. Garth is hacker visibility is very high. Yes. He like triangulates some satellites or something Mm -hmm. so that Cassandra playing on the show will be broadcast on the TV in Frank Sharp's limo. 
Frank sees it. He goes to Wayne's house. There are various alternate endings, but the real ending is that he signs Cassandra and basically everyone lives happily ever after. Woo! Yay. So that's the story. Let's take a quick break. And we'll come right back. Yeah. Party on. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary in your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. We're back. Uh, where should we start? Okay, I want to, I guess, maybe get the character, I think, with maybe the most um, built-in misogyny. Egregious. Out of the way. Yes. I you mean, mean the psycho hose uh, beast? Uh, yes. Yeah, the one that they cannot stop. I mean, so... sucks on many levels. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Stacy really quick. Sure. It's, it's frustrating. In a movie that does like way better than many movies of this you know year and age Mm -hmm. have any right to do Mm -hmm. and in a movie that's directed by a woman has at least one female writer you know in the mix um the fact that stacy is a character that exists sucks so stacy of course being the ex-girlfriend of wayne 
All we know about her is that she's Wayne's ex-girlfriend and that she wants him back and she'll do anything. And jokes are made about her mental state. Mm -hmm. Jokes are made uh, at her physical expense a lot. She's like hit by a car. She's got like all this. She rides her bike into a parked car. (laughs) It's even worse. And she already has a broken neck. A broken neck from falling through like a glass glass ceiling thing. Uh, Yeah, I have like mixed feelings about her because, I mean, I still laugh at those moments, but it is like. She's very much like pigeonholed into the like, and I'm trying not to say the word crazy anymore, but she's like the crazy ex-girlfriend stereotype. It's it's kind of hard because, yeah, they they say it so much that it's impossible Mm -hmm. to avoid. Like, that's what they keep saying. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he asks her, are you mental? I mean, he asks a few people that, but yeah. it has a different connotation with her. Right. right. And it, like, I mean, just that, I mean, and, and we try, we've been trying to, I mean, it's an ongoing process, but we're trying to be aware of it as well, of just, like, the common slang that is ultimately slurs against people with mental illness mm-hmm. um, is, I mean, I don't necessarily hold that against this movie in particular because it was such a cultural thing and still is but right. it is like something to be aware of that like one of his catchphrases is that like yeah the whole are you mental, are you mental? Yeah. yeah um for sure yes so there's that to consider um but yeah overall just her character is framed as like i mean to bring back uh one of our catchphrases mm-hmm. bitchy obstacle bitchy oh, obstacle i still have yeah. to make that t-shirt i yeah. you know now she that we're really gonna be is. in quarantine i mean I'll she have literally physically comes like in his she, when he's like yeah when he's like he's moving toward tia career she like literally just like pops into frame right and she's like wayne wayne and then like <laughs> later um there's like the fake ending or the alternate ending where like right. she's like and i'm pregnant and which, then and then she says i'm pregnant which is why i've been so moody you're like oh <laughs> boy. Like, um yeah. there's also i mean and i laugh at this scene too but when she's like here's a gun rack i got you like yeah. here's I a gift own a, a gun, gun let, let alone, alone many guns, guns that would necessitate an, an entire, entire rack. rack okay that's a great joke though. <laughs> it it's like me and my what? friends quoted that all the time <laughs> when, mis- when when misogyny is well written it's like what the fuck? I, <laughs> like, know. You hate I think to see again, it. this you is like because it. I saw it at like such an impressionable age. I think yeah. it was like, oh yeah, she's somebody that you don't want to be. You don't want to be that girl that's like, like so clingy, desperate, jealous, unstable. Right? Stop, yeah, stop and it's like, get over it. Like I, we broke up two months ago. Like I, lo- I already lost you. Like all that right. stuff. Where it's like, oh, she's just not listening. <laughs> it's right, which is, I mean, and then then there's the other side of it of like we see stalker behaviors yes. in uh, rom coms, especially all the time and when a male character does it it's almost glorified in many cases and Mm -hmm. it's made to seem like wow he's so committed he's not going to take no for an answer because he loves her but then when we see Stacy exhibiting the same behaviors it's with like the soundtrack sting from the shower scene yes like and literally I mean the fact that they call her a psycho hose beast is like what does that even mean I don't like hose like Dick, like, what is the? Ho- I think what it just means like a just like a crazy monstery person, right? Like, yeah, she is made out to be kind of this like monster who we're supposed to be laughing at. But I think that if you take away a lot of, the, if you tone down the performance a little, because it seems like that actor was asked They're to Boyle. really play it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and it's like she deserves better than this character. I yes. Um, I mean, what's interesting about it? Because when I was watching it, you know, in the lens of this, I was like, oh. But then there's a scene where like they address it. Right. He like Wayne addresses it with right. Cassandra he's, and he's speaking in Cantonese and there's subtitles but he's saying there's like, a lot going on. Right. There's yeah, a lot it's so to unpack. I, I forgot that part. 
But he's like, I'm probably partly at fault for her behavior. And it's like, okay, well, you're acknowledging it, but you're but still, then, the movie still frames her as being this like unstable. I almost found that more, fr- like, I thought it was an interesting choice to address it, but then to address it and then continue to treat the character the yeah. exact same way is like, well, then well, why was, did you bother? It, it was interesting because he started to address it. And then Tia Carrere's character was like, no, she just, like, <laughs> the woman was kind of like, yeah, you should have been more she firm. Was, she was not an ally yeah. uh, to other women. Again, I I love this movie so much, but I was just like, oh, I wish that this. Looking back on the lens, you're like, oh, this they could have handled it, even still be funny, but right, maybe. approach differently for sure. I yeah. mean, it's like even if like Tia, like if Cassandra had like agreed and been like, well, you know, sometimes like it wouldn't have even really changed the scene, right? And if she was like, don't like, do that yeah. to me, don't like mistreat me, if we're gonna start dating, I hope you learned goodbye. something from this experience. <laughs> right. yeah. um, I totally forgot that he even addressed that. Maybe because it was in Cantonese. I mean, it's, <laughs> but yeah, Stacy is is treated very poorly by the story and and by the and editors and by and, every level and all of the other guys too. Like when she sees Garth, Garth's like, Ugh. yeah, he's yeah. like creeped out by her and that like. She has no bearing on the story, so she doesn't even need to be there. You could easily remove her character and nothing would change narratively. I feel like really? it's almost my theory, because I don't, and also I like, if Stacy's ever referenced in the sketches, I don't know. No, she I, was never. I think okay. she was a, a construct of the movie. Right, okay. because these this movie these movies are based on um, SNL sketches. Right. Uh, I, I've seen some of them, but I'm almost like oh, maybe they reference other people. I was guessing they didn't, but um, the f- the fact that like I feel like it's almost like she was written to make Wayne seem cooler or like more, more attractive. desirable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a way of the the movie has of telling you like, well, you know, they're kind of doofuses, but they're really desirable doofuses because look at this girl who's throwing herself at Wayne repeatedly. That's true. Um, yeah. I feel like it's almost like a way for the movie to. Yeah, just say that they're cool by, like, creating a character who is, like, not being treated well. Right, they're like, oh, even though this guy is, like, you know, a quote-unquote loser who lives in his parents' basement, like, he, he still, still had someone love he him. fucks, <laughs> like, he has fucked, don't worry. <laughs> Disneyland just closed. I literally went to Disneyland on the last day of Disneyland. <gasps> no! I went yesterday. Whoa. Holy shit. Holy shit. Wow, wow, wow. Don't, don't edit no, it that's out. Huge. This is a scary day. <laughs> Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, Rise of the Resistance, is this the last time? Anyways, um, okay. So yeah, I want to talk about Cassandra and like kind of just the romantic storyline um, yeah. that is present in this film. So starting with kind of like the romantic pursuit. Sure. I felt as though that was handled fairly well. Me too. I agree. I agree. In the sense that like... He goes, he approaches her for the first time when they're at, is that place called the Gasworks? The Gasworks, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, can I call you sometime? And she's like, well, come to this party. And, you know, yeah. implied that we'll talk there. So, you know, she invites him. It's not as though he's just like showing up and invited somewhere. Um, and then he goes to this party and he approaches her and says, want to go somewhere and talk? She says, yes. They chat. They start to vibe. Uh, she thinks he's funny. Um, mm-hmm. He thinks she's hot. That's the dynamic of their relationship. <laughs> but I, I actually like there's one little pivot that happens in the movie at the beginning when he meets her that I think it's little, but I think it does a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he sees her at the gas works. She's pretty. Obviously, everybody wanted to be her. I wanted mm-hmm. to be. You know, like you yeah. want to be her. 
She's badass. She's yeah. talented. She's singing. And yes. then she kicks ass. Then yeah. she beats up a guy and he's like, yeah. whoa. So I like that when he sees her, it's not just that she's pretty. It's mm-hmm. that she's pretty, she's a rock star, and then she she's kicks tough. some guy's ass. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm like I, yeah, I'm gonna kind of advocate for this relationship a little bit. I don't love how it's treated in the third act where yeah. she I feel like they kind I mean, I she does stand up for herself at pretty much every opportunity mm-hmm. where it makes sense for her to. And I don't, I mean, it's like the movie, the editing of the movie has this goofy way of introducing female characters where it's with music. It's mm-hmm. with the slow push in um, to Garth's love interest, whose name escapes me. <laughs> oh, it's Dream Woman. She, has, yeah, she does not have a She's name. Dream Woman. Okay, Dream Woman. <laughs> and then we have the slow push in to Cassandra the first time we see her. And it's like a part of the way the movie is stylized that does objectify them, right? But once we meet Cassandra, she is very talented. She advocates for herself with the with the club owner. Mm-hmm. Um, she literally kicks someone else's ass yeah. before being like, hey, and you have to pay me. Um, there is a point where when she and Wayne are in bed, she has to take a call for work. And he's like goofing around mm-hmm. and being like cute. And then she's like, hey, I, this is a work call. Like, yeah. fuck off. And like there's and, and then at the end when Wayne goes and does I'm like you know the reason that so many uh, women have imposter syndrome of like well did you consider you're getting this opportunity because he probably wants to fuck you mm-hmm. she's like hey could you be more insulting about the right. way you're he even he doing this? he's like you're having sex with him right probably and she's like no that's not how I get a gig like yeah. right so yeah definitely standing up for herself so I like that but then but then the way how like the the third act becomes like. I don't know, like the way like she almost feels resolved. not as smart. It's like she's being like, who wouldn't see Rob Lowe's? Right, I agree. You know, <clears throat> which I get, I get for the plot, but yeah, it's like, why is she now becoming this like? He just wants to give me a job. And then like Wayne's approach to being like, oh, because I and I feel like the movie is kind of telling us a little bit that Wayne is right because we know that Rob Lowe is trying to like get the girl, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it doesn't really help on that end. And then Wayne's solution to Rob Lowe offering Cassandra this like opportunity in bad faith is by getting her another opportunity but both of them are just trying to get her opportunities so that she'll be their girlfriend right and it's yeah. not because it's like i believe in your talent blah 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 and so i just found it discouraging but i think cassandra is not at fault and she's awesome yeah, yeah. she's super kick-ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do agree with that and just to kind of wrap up on the conversation of like the how the romantic pursuit is handled like because so many movies as we already kind of hinted at and have discussed on the podcast at length you know have a predatory romance or a man like wearing a woman down Mm -hmm. um and what wayne is doing is sort of just the bare minimum of decency (laughs) of just like hey can i call you like he learns cantonese he learns he does learn cantonese for her (laughs) but um you know i guess it was refreshing to see even though again it's just the bare minimum um but it was nice i mean he approaches her with respect oh the other thing i was gonna say is when they go on the date to like guitar center or wherever the fuck they go you're like there is more than a physical attract like you understand why they like each other and like yeah Wayne is like obviously not like the coolest and like not the most desirable and like will they be together in real life Uh, excuse me baking powder (laughs) oh he's so hot no (laughs) but like but I like that the movie takes the effort to like write a scene with them where it's like that scene where they're both speaking Cantonese you're Mm -hmm. like oh there's a connection between them and then you see like and they have stuff in common like this is cool right yeah 
so back to the how the movie handles the male gaze i feel like yes it does kind of objectify the women when they're shown like these are the women that the men are interested in but Even i also Mrs. felt Vanderhoff, she has a scene where someone's like you're oh, yeah. hot and she's, and like, she's oh. like oh do i frighten you no do you want me to but like i don't know i just felt like that yeah. was handled a little bit better than we're used to seeing also because like in a few episodes we've talked about how certain movies will use like a really exploitative like hypersexualized shot of a woman that like lingers all over her body we see like mm-hmm. a shot up her ass and like a shot just of her tits and stuff like that specifically to communicate to the audience that like the male protagonist of this story is attracted to this woman Mm. um i think we talked about this a lot in like the sandlot episode it happens in transformers and stuff but like and we're like well there's there's better ways to do this there's better ways to indicate to the audience that the man is attracted to this woman that aren't so like objectifying and male gazy and i thought this movie actually did a pretty good job yeah. between showing that like wayne is attracted to cassandra cuz it cuts this like fantasy dreamy th- shot of cassandra while she's playing the bass on stage we only really see a shot of her kind of like torso is yeah. pretty stationary it's not lingering and then like Dreamweaver starts playing and, and we're like oh that's how we know he's like into her into her <laughs> and then same thing with Garth sure the woman is not named that he's in love yeah. with um, and he's never like spoken she's just to working before. at the donut shop <laughs> she's just working behind the counter at the donut shop and like the way that we the visual indication that we know that Garth likes her is that it's just like a slow-mo shot of like her hair blowing in the wind, just like (laughs) her shoulders up. Like it doesn't, it didn't feel super, you know, it didn't feel male gazy really or objectifying. So I was like, Oh, that actually was like handled better than we've seen before. And Mm -hmm. I think too, like with, these characters what i like about it is that they're not kind of guys that are like yeah i could get that girl mm-hmm. like they're like oh man i love her i love so her much. like she'd never like me <laughs> like i feel like there's something that feels innocent and sweet about that that's mm-hmm. like still they're doing boner jokes and like swing yada 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 like yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> something so no keep going keep going, keep going. going. <laughs> yikes yozers um i think there's something so sweet about them as characters that when you do see them objectifying or looking at a woman it is sweet and they're like i could never have a girl like that right mm-hmm. they are yeah they do the whole maybe like, that's like, like just like softens the blow a little bit <laughs> yeah I, I do have complicated feelings about that. and then also like <laughs> wayne declares that cassandra will be mine oh yeah oh yes she will be mine the same way he declares that that guitar, guitar is gonna will be his, be his. So literally like, okay could you be more object yeah yes yeah <laughs> so not perfect it's not perfect uh I liked. I also liked um, the when when he speaks Cantonese. It seemed like that was going to go in a racist, racist, racist direction. But then <laughs> it is actually dealt with. From what I mean, and and for our Cantonese speaking listeners, let us know how you felt about it. But I like. It seemed you're like I was like oh. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. <laughs> because it's 1992 and that is, you know, not 1992 is not above that behavior. Yeah, no. uh, <laughs> it's nestled but, right in there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, emblematic of this time. But but then it was like uh dealt with pretty well you you and and it ends up being kind of a reason that Cassandra's like, "Oh, this guy like is kind of cool. He might be worth my time." You kind of understand. You're like, "Okay. Okay." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I tend to agree, but yeah, I think I need we need an, an outside perspective. Yeah. yeah, I mean there are some other jokes that come in later, like the cream of some the young guy. Of, yeah. yeah, but then Cassandra like is like Wayne, 
Like, she calls him out on that mm-hmm. stupid, probably raising. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, hey, don't say that. Well, I couldn't help but feel there was, like, a weird racial thing when we see her, like, kick that guy's ass. Yeah. And then, like. Yeah, well, then, and like, then well, everybody was kung fu fighting. That, yeah. And then it's also, like, okay, is this movie implying that, like, all Asian people know, like, martial arts? Because in the second movie. The second we, one, it gets we worse. Meet, we meet her dad, Cassandra's oh. dad. And there's this whole, like, Scene. kung fu parody sequence there. Whoa. Oh, I didn't. I yeah. honestly didn't even. I was just like, oh, she's she's cool. She kicks ass. That does. Uh, I mean, the, also the bad. fact that she's the only person of color in the whole movie. Yes, yes. In the mm-hmm. entire nobody I mean, else. Nope. Uh, <laughs> and it's like unfortunate that it's like 1992. Like having a a uh, lead who is a woman of color is like it's like wow, a, that yeah. wasn't happening in 1992 very much. But she's completely alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. In that regard. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Get out a couple other, you know. There's also an aspect of the kind of romantic storyline where, and I don't know how to feel about this right now necessarily, so maybe I'm going to have to like talk through this, but the story becomes about Wayne not trying to fix the situation with his show after he's like lost it, but about trying to like get her back. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. I would have thought that, like, and it was, like, a few years since I rewatched this, so I didn't remember exactly how things played out at the end. Because it gets kind of complicated at the end. It does. And then there's all, like, the alternate endings don't really help. But, like, the same thing happens in Wayne's World 2, where, like, the premise of that movie is Wayne is trying to put on this concert called Wayne Stock. Um, but part of the way through <laughs> the movie, funny. he and Cassandra break up. So he has to go, like, win her back and stop her from marrying Christopher Walken. Sure. Um, but, the yeah, the story in both of these movies becomes about, like, well, who cares about that the other thing I was doing? That's going to get sort of sidelined. I have to, like, focus on getting this woman who I love, like, back in my life. Yeah. Which, again, I don't know how to feel about that necessarily. I, I just think it's, like, weird and confused. Like, I Because th- th- it focuses the attention, like, on the female character, but in a way that it's like, well, get he her. deserves her, so he yeah. has to, like, and it, win his property back. And it's kind of, I feel like it does nothing to go back on, like, Rob Lowe's bad faith thing because, uh, like, you could qualify what Wayne is doing to also be in bad faith. We know that he knows she's talented, but, like, he wasn't jumping to give her this opportunity when he first met this guy. Mm-hmm. He jumps to give it to her when he feels like he's losing her. And so you're like, meh. That plus, like, he shows up to her film shoot, which he was not invited to. Oh and he's gosh. like, and there's no film in this camera. And then he opens it up and, like, all the film pours and then out. And there's that so weird like... snake joke. <laughs> like... Oh, my God. This snake. I liked when I, I liked that I, it was kind of like a one-off line, but it's like Tia Carrera shouting to Rob Lowe. She's like, "I think the snake is asleep." And you're like, "Oh my god, this is so oh. so funny." Also, toward the end, there's that moment where like Wayne is trying to figure out how to win her back, and Garth is like, "Well, I think you should just go get her." And Wayne says, "I don't think she wants me to." And then Garth says. Let me tell you a little something about women. They want you to come get them. They love it. And we're like, no, Garth. No. (laughs) Well, Garth, I feel like, okay, maybe I'm just like not as attached to Garth. Oh, yeah. It's so interesting to have somebody that has never, like, you know what I mean? To have seen it for the first time. It's like, oh, okay. I'm very attached to Dana Carvey. I'm not, I'm not as attached to Garth. I feel like there is like, uh, and then maybe this is coming down on it too hard, but with Garth, there is kind of that like revenge of the nerdsy kind of like, 
vibe of like mm. there's a lot of and I don't even think this is a bad thing but like for uh, young men who are nervous to talk to like romantic interests and all this stuff and then you see all these catharsis scenes and some of them are fantasy and some of them are real of like if you're a dorky guy don't you just wish you could tase a bully or like don't you just <laughs> wish you could like do you know like I think that there's a lot of like wish fulfillment offered on Garth's part but it still mm -hmm. looks silly and so you're like I don't know what I don't know I how know. to feel about it I like him I just I'm like so, there is something that I'm just like what's going on with Garth what's going again, on again in the second guy? one <laughs> oh he has a match that is his identical <laughs> oh yeah he just he gets with a woman who looks exactly like him exactly <laughs> It's exactly. really, really, it's really funny. funny. <laughs> That's really funny. But before that, he's yeah. with, is that Rebecca Romaine Stamos? No. Is that who that is? In this one? No, no, no. In this, in Wayne's No, it's Kim Basinger. That's Kim Basinger. I always yeah, get Kim them. Basinger is I, in the second one. I cannot one. tell. I just knew that off the top of my head. I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. And then the, the Garth is uh, the sister from The Wonder Years. Oh, the gar the woman look alike. Yeah, okay. His, like, oh. Look alike in love interest. <laughs> Cute. Um, we've got to take another quick break, but we will come right back. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
and we're back. And we're, that oh, was yeah. my best way. No, Ask Sphincter says what? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's actually a good uh, transition into talking about uh, class stuff with this movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought it does really well. I re- I thought it was really cool right at the very beginning. Uh, they're calling cops pigs. Love that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, the, and the cop is like, oh, yeah, I am a pig. He's, he's like, like, I know what you're doing. Like, you know, he's, he's like, yeah, I think that the way, like, because Garth and Wayne are so goofy, and I feel like a lesser movie would be like, you know, like either poor people or people who like are, you know, working paycheck to paycheck are stupid and goofy. But I think that the movie gives them so much empathy and like you love them so much and the rich like asshole characters are so awful Mm -hmm. that it is kind of like this cool cathartic thing where you're like rooting for like these people that you would you're more likely to relate with like these goofuses and then you have like Rob Lowe really Rob Lowe and out slicking his hair oh, all the he, way back he's so hot in this movie he's so you're hot. like you're so horrible it's but and so fair. waspy I think and... it's the first time too everybody knew that he could really do comedy Ooh, was it? Yeah, I think I, so. I read about this because he was like apprehensive about being in this movie because he's like, I'm not a comedy actor. I don't know how to do this. And they just like, I guess um, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were like, oh, just pretend, just act like you're Lorne Michaels. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and then also the guy, Benjamin Kane, or not Benjamin Kane, sorry, uh, the other R- guy. Russell? No, n- uh, oh, he's so great. Noah, Noah Vanderhoff. Vander- yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he is so dumb and he's so <laughs> yes. clueless and mm-hmm. like I think that like Mrs. Vanderhoff who does not get a first name Mm-mm. um does like I mean she comes off much the same way and she's treated like bad on a gender basis but I liked the way she was treated on a rich person basis <laughs> yes <laughs> like I this movie just has like kind of like this eat the rich mentality uh that's very pro DIY and pro like I don't know. I thought mm-hmm. that, that I agree. That stuff was great. even like Rob Lowe's interaction with Mr. Vanderhoff, like yeah. that scene where he convinces him to like buy the show oh. is so brilliant. It's like yeah, he's it's such so a great slimy. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's really good satire of like mm-hmm. how like big corporations buy little things and then destroy them. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Speak, oh my gosh. just for a commercial. That brings yeah. me to yeah. some of my favorite jokes in this movie, which Yay. is one. Garth reading Benjamin's like daily planner and he's like Thursday purchase feeble public access show and exploit it and then he's like wow feel sorry for whoever that is oh so funny and then the, the product placement oh my like, god scene we used oh. to do that all the time like we would just re everything we would eat anything that was like a product we would just like do at Wayne's World right. I will not camera. bow down to any corporate sponsor and then he's I like have a headache eating Doritos try a new print little yellow different, different. <laughs> And it's the taste of a new... I mean, every single moment in that is, like, so brilliant. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Love it. Um, and it's uh, the... Isn't it start off with, like, Rob Lowe coming down to talk to Wayne, uh, to Garth, and he's just, like, has that weird helmet on and, like, starts hitting, like... There's so much randomness like, in this movie that's so great. Yeah, I guess, like, Garth he's is, like, a tech a, genius. So he's just, it like, like he's building a, a Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you see a disembodied hand. Yes. And then he's like, Garth, we haven't talked that much. And then he's just like, oh, okay... <laughs> And, like, one of my favorite scenes is when uh, he's, like, having him sign the contracts. Yeah, And he, like, puts the pen. He's like, does anybody else find it weird that he just shows up with contracts? <laughs> this, okay, the, 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 like, commercial, like, satire scene and that scene that you're talking about, Maureen, reminded me so much of 
Josie and the Pussycats, which comes later. Ooh. But it, there's that scene where the band, Josie and her bandmates go into uh, the bathroom and they're like, isn't it so weird that they're just like, they haven't even heard us play, but they're like signing us to a record deal. And they're like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> and then that whole movie is just like one moment of product placement after the next. So I was like, oh, this is, I probably love Josie and the Pussycats so much because I was so attached to Wayne's World. It does have the same energy. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Josie. Oh, oh, it is a must. I love it. It is it just perfect. Yeah, I don't know why it wasn't my... Wayne's World is great, and it's better than Wayne's World. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's funnier. <laughs> it's better. Um, and also, Wayne wears his own merch, which uh, we do sometimes. We do that. Oopsie. We do that. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we get it for free, so... Yes. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the director, yes. um, Penelope Spheris. Yes. Uh, so this movie was directed by a woman, which is one thing I didn't know in seventh grade, but I kind of love that it became one of my favorite because it's like there's not many movies directed by women um, or there weren't many that I feel like I connected with and I did and I didn't realize that it was directed by women. So I yeah. think it's such a great. I had the same experience. Yeah. Um, she also directed such films as Black Sheep, Little Rascals, Rascals. and Little Beverly Ra- oh. Hillbillies. Wow. Yeah. I knew she did Little Rascal. I didn't know. Uh And the movie was also co-written by a woman, Bonnie Turner, who returns and co-writes the sequel. But Penelope Spheris was not asked back to direct Wayne's too. Yeah. Yes. So basically, she and Mike Myers had some issues. Uh, The main thing seemed to be, and it was all Shrek's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The main thing seemed to be that she was so insistent on shooting the Bohemian Rhapsody scene in the Mirthmobile, which Mike Myers didn't think would be funny, um, even Wrong. though it became the what? iconic moment of the movie. Oh, um, men are he, so dumb. I, <laughs> he also complained about like the headbanging in that scene, like hurting his neck, and he's like. He, like, had a fit one day, and he's like, I can't move my neck like that. Why do we have to do this so many times? No one's going to laugh at this. And then he also uh, threw a fit because um, there was no margarine for his bagel on, on at craft services one day. Mm-hmm. So. What? These are, the, these are the legends of the Wayne's World set? <laughs> I mean, there's uh, this is just a small part of it, I think. But um, so, yeah, there was some issues between the director and um, Mike Myers because of that. And then... The other big thing seems to be that they had issues over the final cut of the movie where Mike Myers wanted it to be recut. Penelope Spheris did not. Mm -hmm. So she was not. And that's it seems to be the main reason she was not asked back to direct the sequel. (gasps) Do we know if the the version is her version or was it a recut version? Do we know? I don't know for sure. Hmm. Um, I can't tell. But Penelope Spheres has been pretty like outspoken about this mm-hmm. in the ensuing years, especially as it has become more "quote unquote" okay for yeah, to, women to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we appreciate. I mean, that's like kudos to her because it's like you have to imagine there there are a million stories yeah. like this, and women are so. I mean, especially in comedy at this time, no women were directing, yeah. and yeah. so for one of the. I mean. You, it's just I feel like further proof to like you can be working at the top of your craft. Yeah, she like no comedy was doing better than Wayne's World, and that still wasn't enough to keep I her. I think her she job. wrote. I could be mistaken. I think she wrote an article a couple of years ago about how like she had an interesting time in the industry where she did this, and then she did Little Rascals and Beverly Hillbillies, and then kind of it went dry. Yeah, and like yeah. she, it's like she was making she was she was directing like huge 
movies that made money and that were like big and then it's kind just... she did she made what ended up being a flop which was but women only get one flop exactly and, yeah. and she she yeah. spoke she speaks to this a lot um the movie was i think senseless senseless didn't do very well and she's like yeah i got put in like director's jail so she's been quite outspoken about this because she stopped making studio films my favorite headline that went with this was wayne's world director penelope spheris on leaving hollywood behind they can blow me. <laughs> and then she's like, that's yeah. a quote. Print it. Yeah. <laughs> Headline. Do it. Um, and yeah, she's uh, spoken out about how, you know, women are not if often given second chances in Hollywood, especially if they make a mistake or they direct a movie that underperforms at the box office. Also, that's, it, like, who knows what happened with that movie? It could have been, like, not her mistake. But Maybe still not she's, her like, given, Right. Yeah. Um, and then she goes on to say, you know, uh, you know, male directors can get arrested for, like, having coke or drunk driving or they direct flops and they're giving misogynistic right and they're given tons more chances um she's also talked about how like she had to take whatever jobs she was offered because as a woman she didn't get offered that much so she couldn't really be choosy about what she did so she you know just kind of took anything that came her way also she was um 45 when she was hired to direct wayne's world oh wow and she's a real hero for she, real she is she yeah. turned i'm glad she's advocating for people that's so badass she turned the so the movie had a 20 million dollar budget and ended up, ended up grossing 121 million dollars domestically i think it was close to like 180 million worldwide um and she has become one of only a handful of women who have directed a movie that grossed over 100 million dollars wow the elite club i know and really, like, a cult classic. I mean... A cult classic about, like... So for a woman to direct a movie about men who, like, love rock and roll, yeah. like, it's a comedy. Yeah, this was, like, unheard Huge. of and still not no, it really happening. Really, <laughs> it hasn't really happened again. And no. then it was, I think, her her background in, in directing documentaries docs, yeah. about, like, music, music. And, and, and metal and rock, rock and, and roll, stuff yeah. that, like, she was approached for this. But, um Yeah. Yeah, when this town should have been championing her, they were poo-pooing. They were trying to poo-pooing, <laughs> knock her down. Yeah, not cool. The other thing that we haven't talked about in the movie, I just wonder what you guys thought was the portrayal of like, like queer. If you were going to do like a queer reading on this, oh movie. yes, oh. okay. So I have a little bit about this. Thanks for bringing this up. Um, so so many comedy movies throughout the years have relied on punching down, right, mm-hmm. and just like making fun of different people different groups of marginalized people as like the source of their humor. I feel like this movie mostly avoids that, although it's not perfect. It does do better than you'd expect of a comedy from the early nineties. Right. But there are the one thing that I noticed or one of the main things I noticed was there are a lot of like no homo moments. Yeah. There's this one guy on their like crew, Terry, who keeps going around to the different men, friends of his and says like, I love you. He is met with varying responses. Uh, Wayne will be like, um, yeah, I love you too. Uh, Like, he's creeped out about it. Mm -hmm. He says it to Garth then, and Garth is just like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He says it to Russell later on in the movie, and Russell is just like, okay, whatever, and a car crash almost ensues from there and then Russell's I guess his arc at the end of the film he's like I've learned that platonic love can exist between two grown men um and then there's also like the cop that they meet is always talking about like 
doing cavity, cavity searches, searches and yeah. like I guess reaching into a man's asshole. And then you get that look Rob, from Rob Lowe basically to camera where it's like he literally gives if you could communicate the phrase no homo with your eyes. He does and it. And when in he that gets moment. to the house he like has a weird He's walk. walking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where it's like that's not how that goes. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's there's all these moments. Very that, of its time. Mm-hmm. But I agree. It's like not as like, not that it's not bad, but it's like it doesn't. It's not as bad as you'd expect, but it's still not okay that it was there at all. Yeah. On the other side of that, I do think that Garth and Wayne's friendship is uh, pretty positive portrayal of male friendship Um, there are examples of like i mean garth gives wayne that horrible advice about like no do stalk a woman yeah (laughs) um there there i bet but i i did find it generally encouraging that when they had a conflict garth told wayne how he was feeling right away and they like they got in an argument about it but they they did talk about it and it's like the fact that um you know a, a man communicating to another man his feelings on screen is mm-hmm. like kind of a big deal but it, it did feel like that like they a, do that a lot yeah where they're just like yeah. hey would you ever think about this right yeah do, are you attracted to bugs, bugs bunny, bunny when he, he puts dress- on a dress and then <laughs> wayne is like no goes, oh, i'm not me, attracted me, to men me, me neither <laughs> it's like okay we all know that Garth bug bunny is hot in a dress to yeah. fuck drag bugs bunny <laughs> which is like i think a very common it's very common. Yeah. It's very common. <laughs> I'm right there with him. Um, um, are you asking if you thought maybe there was any sort of like homo romantic undertones? No, I them? think just like the portrayal of like, I love you. Like, yeah. I think that because it would have been interesting if it was just like the the explanation at the end about like platonic love is okay. <laughs> right. Like, we're just making sure that you know no one was gay. No one's gay. <laughs> right. It's platonic. Right. Like, but it does seem to feel very of its era in mm-hmm. that way, where it's just like, okay, relax. Like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but also, they're not wrong. Platonic love is can okay. exist yeah, and is okay. It's, and like... it's okay to, like, show your emotions with your male friends. It's okay to say yeah. I love you. The way it's presented <laughs> yeah. feels like, yeah, and I do like that, like, yeah, they they like men tell each other they love each other and that and they and they mean it and maybe they shouldn't have called that much attention to it of like, right. whoa, look at this. But, like, I don't know. For for its time, it's it's doing it's doing okay in terms yeah. of I think the way that the masculinity is portrayed through their friendships. Yeah, I thought. Better I think it does expect. hold up pretty well, mm-hmm. and I think it would be interesting because I do. I'm thinking about Wayne's World too. That's not directed by a woman, mm-hmm. and I don't think it probably would do as well. I think there are some changes made in Wayne's World too that kind of get things a little wrong. Yeah, that Wayne's World one gets more right. Yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Here's something I never noticed until this rewatch. Garth orders a jelly donut at the diner, and then this is toward the beginning of the movie, and then we see him drinking the jelly out of the donut with a straw. And I was like, that is comedy Amazing. gold. <laughs> the movie, the movie There's so it's many funny. like subtle things that are just like a look or like that or mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Bundy. You know, he owns the donut shop, Stan Makita's donut oh. shop. <laughs> you know, where he starts talking about in the, in the heat of war. <laughs> oh, right. Like, the self-reflexive stuff in the movie is, like, I never even thought about it when I watched it, but it is, like, such an interesting device that not many movies can pull off. Yeah. And it pulls it off so well. I was, yeah, I, that was impressive. Ed O'Neill, that's his Ed name, O'Neill. Right? Ed yeah. O'Neill, yeah. Ed O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Duh. I think uh, it does kind of... Uh, but I mean, certainly in terms of like a '90s movie, it does better than you think it will. 
Yeah. Right. I, well, I guess I'm curious because you two are both very attached to it. Yeah. Were you going into this like kind of like, oh, no, I hope that this movie isn't secretly horrible oh, yes. to everybody? <laughs> yes. And how did you feel going out? I was like, wow, I don't have to hate this movie. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, <laughs> I was, if this movie is like just horrible, I'm going to be crushed. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it is such, it did shape me so much. And I feel like, again, me and my group of friends, girlfriends were like, this is like one of our most quoted, this and like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I feel like we're like <gasps> the most Big quoted Adventure. movies in our friend group. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was like, no, I hope it's just, not, didn't just like ruin us completely. Yeah. And I don't think that it did. I, I think it does hold up and. Yeah. Yeah, just looking at the lens now, it's like, okay. Yeah, it's not perfect, but again, by 1992 standards, like, it could have been said, though, a lot worse. None of the women talk to each other. Yes. So well, that, that brings, brings us to, <laughs> to the Bechdel test. Um, yes, I would say this is a not pass. Yeah, I do not believe not women pass. are even really ever in the same room or seen together. I mean, nope. The words, they're one. With Tia, uh, with Cassandra and Stacey's in the background, making it oh, with that right. guy. Maybe I mean, they're in the, the same guy. space. Weird. And they're talking about Stacey. <laughs> and they're Stacey, talking about her. But they never yeah. speak to, to each other. Yeah. No. There That's are about it. a few moments where, like, women will drive up in a convertible and they're like, hey, Wayne, you're Wayne from Wayne's World, right? Woohoo, party on. But we don't and know like, what their names are. We, and and no, no, they're talking about Wayne. Also, those moments just serve to, again, do, I think, what the Stacy character functions as is just being like, look how hot and cool everyone yeah, thinks Wayne is. Badass. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Also, though, it's weird. The movie starts. It's just interesting. When I was watching it, I was like, oh, it starts with Rob Lowe in yes. bed yeah. with, with, with uh, Ioni Skye. Oh, wait, I don't know who that is. She's from um, Say Anything. Is oh, okay. And it's like her idea. And he like right. takes her idea. Right. He takes credit for yeah. it. Didn't even connect that. Yeah. And like, yeah. She, they're just in, like, he's just in bed with her. We never see her again. And she's like, no. you haven't been into Shakey's in a while. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, yeah, she, I've been he's just like, busy yeah. producing television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, these guys are great. And like, gives him the idea. Yes. God. She should yeah. get a finder's fee. <laughs> yeah. The fuck? She should have yeah. a percentage of this. He basically yeah. stole this woman's idea. Oh, typical. And then at you the end, he just like kisses her to like, make her forget about it. Yeah. He's like, oh, what if I seduce you. God damn it, Rob Lowe. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, oh, wow. It's like none of the women. <laughs> yeah. As far as its representation of women, um, it's not great. And I would argue, I mean, <laughs> even though even though I love Cassandra and I think she has a lot of strong traits, I don't think that she necessarily has a lot of agency in the story. We don't see her mm. moving the story forward on her own in any meaningful way. And there's nothing she really does that disrupts other than falls for Rob Lowe's trick, basically. Mm-hmm. There's nothing she does that meaningfully impacts the plot and i feel like even though she is a very strong cool romantic love interest plot wise she's she's not very often moving the plot forward no. she's more of supporting <laughs> Wayne, whatever yeah. wayne's doing she yeah. also is i mean that was one of the first interracial romantic yeah. relationships i yeah. had ever seen on mm-hmm. screen in a movie so Hell yeah that's not nothing yeah i mean i feel like I think at the time you're just like she's so cool she's like really talented she's strong so i think like in that maybe in that time period it's like well there weren't really that many kind of cool kick-ass love interests like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then she just became you know like to your career is like so cool yeah but yeah looking back on it now you're like she kind of also is like this like dream girl like almost like fetishized a little bit about like you know it's like (laughs) oh okay now again through the lens of it's like in a way she's a little bit of like a 
just a fantasy. Yeah, a bit. But again, I I wanted to be her. Yeah, I mean, she's cool. <laughs> yeah. And Jamie, I think she loses even more agency in the sequel. Oh like, god, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. The second one is funny, but I feel like it I think it's, it's right. going to be an interesting watch because I'm going to watch it tonight. It's it's <laughs> troublesome because I, I just rewatched it the other day. But like, yeah, like I said, her her father comes in and he's like, I will decide who you marry, Cassandra. And like she like so any agency she had in terms of her, like, I guess, romantic partner is like completely stripped of her, like for the sake of a joke that is a bad and yeah. racist. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot. Actually, I would say like the second one. They add another like a race in the second one. I think is probably an issue. Mm-hmm. They add another character that's like a Native American. Yeah. Oh, right. That he goes on like a walkabout and like he's he's just like yeah, an imaginary. Yeah. It's like uh, not good. Yeah. <laughs> like, Damn it. Yeah. It's like how did you get worse on some of these topics? It's well, almost like they should have let Penelope like yeah. direct oh, it. Yeah. Something to consider. <laughs> How about so, that? No, it does not even remotely pass the Bechdel test. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of female characters we see on screen are not, never even given names. I think that Cassandra may be she, the only woman with a first name. Stacy. Stacy. Cassandra and Stacy. And those are kind the, of the only the two, two women. Yeah. And it's like. And then you have a Mrs. A Mrs. Vanderbilt. Uh, and a dream His woman. wife. Yes. And a dream woman. And a dream. And, and dream then the girl woman. on the bed. <laughs> Yes, and then right. girl whose Who million dollar ID idea oh, yeah. is taken stolen from her. from her at the top of the movie. It's yes. how she's credited, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, well, let's rate it on our nipple scale. Zero to five nipples based on its representation of women. Um, yeah, it's not good. So it's maybe like, because it handles... Like, its approach to comedies so much better than... It's not like... It's not contemptful. Mm-hmm. Or contemptuous no. of women. But it doesn't feel the need to include them in any meaningful way, really, aside from Cassandra, who, like we discussed, isn't given much agency. We never really, we understand why she likes Wayne, which is that he makes her laugh, mm-hmm. which is like boring snooze. Like, yeah, what, like, <laughs> can't, can't she be funny also? Like, give her yeah. some jokes. Like, may, like, can't that be part of it? Um, I don't like that. I mean, whatever. I mean, I guess that narrative is true for some people, but my mom would always be like, I married your dad because he made you laugh. I'm like, well, guess what? You're divorced. <laughs> See how that worked out for you. <laughs> my mom and my, you know, mom and dad's crumbling marriage. Um, my mom Swish. is the funny one and my dad has no personality whatsoever. So, you know, why don't we see more of that? I on know, screen? I want to see this movie if you flipped all of the gender. Yeah. Like, would anybody buy it? <laughs> like, let's funny, remake funny it. Women yeah. with I'm in. Need, <laughs> funny women with boring partners need uh, better representation on screen. Yeah. Wanda's world. Where's the reboot? <laughs> no reboot. <laughs> no, no, just a new original and idea. Once. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. like, that deals with the same themes. Mm hmm. Like your movie, which yes. we'll get to in a moment. But okay, so nipple scale. I'm going to give it like, I guess like a one and a half, maybe a two, because mm, that's too high. I'll give it a one and a half with like, also with the caveat that it is not contemptuous of women. It's just a movie about like, cool dudes who like swing all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, so... But I still love it. So one and a half. uh, I'll give one nipple to Garth's lookalike lady in the sequel. (laughs) And I'll give my half nipple to Garth's lookalike dog from the first movie. Woo! Uh, I'll do uh, one and a half as well. Uh, I like 
Cassandra. I think that it's like really there's a lot of good stuff there. I wish she had gotten to do more and, and motivate more and had a woman to talk to. Stacy character very badly uh, represents women. Um, the other women are kind of just throwing themselves at Wayne or having their ideas stolen. Uh, so that's not great. But the fact that Penelope Spheris is at the helm of this, mm-hmm. um, doing what no one else was doing um, at this time and doing it very successfully and that she's continued to speak out on behalf of other creators and there's a female writer there's a lot going on here that is like uh i think like really progressive in a way that is like interesting because it's not a way that in a way that is like the movie doesn't draw attention to that it just is really fucking good Mm -hmm. yeah and especially in a movie that's so meta and draws attention to other aspects of just storytelling and movie making yeah inside the movie and i like and i really like that like there are there, there's a an iconic movie about a pair of men that's directed by a woman. Point Break is the only one, other one yeah. I can think of. <laughs> yeah, uh, because you get a different like, and men have been able to direct how women's stories go for so long that it is like cool to see what it you know indirectly or not but like what a female perspective on a male friendship is and it's usually healthier (laughs) yeah and for a movie that ends up being this influential that's like important Mm -hmm. uh so i think that there's a lot going i mean one and a half and i'm almost tempted to give it a two but i'll I'll stick at one and a half yeah Uh, i'll give one to cassandra and then uh half a nipple to that yeah that the woman whose idea was stolen yeah yeah (laughs) I, you know, I think I'm going to go with a two. Okay. Just mm-hmm. because I agree with all the stuff you were saying. And I think Stacy's not great. You know, that's like probably the biggest, like, uh, if they maybe had just made her different. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that it was directed by a woman and that it isn't, there's no like meanness. I mean, there is, but not like, it's not, it doesn't harp on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also that it's just one of my favorite movies. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't not, but uh-huh. I wish that it had had more women in it or that they had maybe had some conversations or a more crucial. Although um, the whole, the end of this movie is Wayne like setting up his girlfriend for success. He's like, I want, I'm going to have you play in front of Mr. Sharp so that you can get a record deal. Like he's not really trying to, he's not advocating for himself. He's like, here, Cassandra, you you get this record deal. And isn't that yeah. also problematic that he saves her? Yeah, he, he got it for her. I mean, <laughs> should I go back to yeah. <laughs> he got it. He got it for her. Yeah, yeah. but like in a time where she like men it. had yeah, to advocate for, for women, because like no one at least was, he's an advocate. No one else was vouching for women, and it's they true. didn't have their own power. Or we didn't have enough like power to do it ourselves. No one was listening to us. I think yeah. too. I'll give it a two, also because. Of when he sees her. And I like the fact that it's not just she's a vapid, pretty girl. Mm-hmm. That she's talented, she's a rock star, she demands money, and she kicks ass. Mm-hmm. So All in the first scene. All in the first scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he likes her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? God, I love this woman, he says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Maureen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Tell us what you'd like to plug and where can people follow you online. Tell us yeah. about your movie. Um, so, Golden Arm. Is my movie starring Mary Holland, Betsy Sodaro. Oh, they're what? so funny. Yeah. They're um, actually, that's what I was like, it'd be perfect to do Wayne's World because I feel like I hope and I know that once this movie comes out, it's going to be like a cult classic because Mary and Betsy together as a duo mm-hmm. is incredible. Oh, and um, yeah. I think it is like jumping off from like loving Wayne's World or Tommy Boy or at like Adam Sandler was like these great Laverne and Shirley, like these great duos. And that's what this movie kind of celebrates. It's, it's basically a movie about 
two friends that will find each other again. Mm -hmm. um, kind of it's like half road trip, half arm wrestling, sports, <gasps> love it. comedy. I love it. Um, and the cast is just like, it's a ton of women, like Dot Marie Jones, Kate Flannery, mm -hmm. Don Luby, Aparna Nanchurla. Oh, yes. Rounds it out with like Ron Funches, Eugene Cordero, and Ed <gasps> Barucha. It's just a really rich fabric of women. Mm -hmm. And it definitely would pass the Bechdel test. Yes. Yay. Um, and do they really, do the women talk about arm wrestling? They talk about arm wrestling. They talk about their dreams, their fears. Oh, it passes. They talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think it's really, I'm really proud of it. And I think that um, once it comes out, I hope that Mary and Betsy get into the lexicon of like those, those classic. Yes. Fingers uh, crossed. Comedy duos. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, awesome. It was supposed to play at South by Southwest, but we got canceled. got canceled. But just follow me on Instagram at Maureen Barucha um, and Golden Arm the movie. And I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere else. Yeah. We got some we got Perfect. some stuff in the works. Good, good, good. Glad to hear it. Um, you can follow us on social media at Bechtelcast. Yep. Uh, we've got our Matreon, uh, patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes. Um, we've got merch at tpublic.com slash thebechtelcast. Mm -hmm. Write and review us on your podcast platforms. Give us five nips. And um, party on. Showing. Party on. Showing. Excellent. <laughs> Zang. Pandemic swing. Bye. <laughs> Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.